0: Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat
1: is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. Here to reveal a plan for a trip around the moon is the Chief of the Guided Missile Development at the United States Army's Redstone Arsenal, Dr. Werner Von Braun. A voyage around the moon must be made in two phases. It's one terrific
0: bowl of soup.
1: Presenting Soup for One. Single serving cans of great soups from Campbell. It's one terrific
0: bowl of soup. Old world vegetable. Just add half a can of water for one terrific
1: bowl of soup. For when I miss family dinner. Old fashioned bean. It's one terrific
0: bowl of soup. Golden chicken and
1: noodles. Soup for One is one terrific bowl of soup. Soup for One from Campbell. For One. Anyone. High web
0: heavy longmire gustav matte blanc g l k
1: london transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second this is g l k london transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me can you hear me come on then plato enlighten me
0: This is, this is weird that I can relax. I guess I normally have the, the headset, headset on, on, so this isn't that weird. Never mind.
1: I've only ever worn the headset, I guess, to record once with Megan on Megan's Movie Podcast when okay. I did Tombstone a couple weeks ago, which I would like to encourage everyone to go listen to. We had a good time, and she was kind enough to put up with me while actually hurrying. Uh, so... Do me a favor and go listen to that on the Blowout Podcast Network. Speaking of Blowout Podcast Network,
0: she called you out for whore, which is a very harsh word. Although you were accurate in using the word for I prostitute, stand, I stand by the word whore. I wonder if we should just move to prostitute because prostitute is it just sounds nicer, like coming off? Is it, is that because like I think all German languages is, is uh, harsh sounding typically is is whore Germanic? No, but I'm just saying like. That is it. That word, or is it the implications of that word that
1: that we've? Okay. I'm Gustave I'm Sorry, I have. Sorry, that was a wrong number. Oh, a very okay. From, from an aged lady, but it was from my general area code, so I had to check it out. Have you ever uh, gotten a date off of a wrong wrong number? No. Have you?
0: I don't think so. I don't. I have not. No, I. I can say for sure I've not. I seem to think that like somebody in high school got a date off of it, but I, you know, that could but, just be something I saw in a movie. Before
1: we go any further, this is can you hear me? The podcast that's normally three guys, but two of those guys don't care about you anymore, and it's only your pal Gustav. So, what do you
0: think about those lollipops with hold uh, on, a scorpions? In Damn there. it!
1: And then we have Professor Brad, host, author award-winning historian, host of the Blow the Belt podcast, preeminent animal cage fighting expert, and someone that wouldn't mind getting a date off a wrong number.
0: Well, I, I mean, I don't think anybody would mind it if the person on the other end was hot and awesome, you know. Right? Yeah, no, that's a valid
1: point, sure. Okay. So Ty is probably off having some type of relations with the a Swedish heiress that's 13th in line for the Swedish throne right now. And Heavy, I think, may be stuck in a gully somewhere with a leg broken because we haven't heard from him in about five weeks. I
0: imagine Ty, there's mountains in the background. He's on a sailboat. The the wind is blowing through his shirt.
1: Which is unbuttoned down to about belly button.
0: Yes, and it's just uh, bare-chested, beautiful woman in the background. I imagine Heavy sitting in traffic.
1: Now, Heavy's, Heavy's somewhere out on the prairie. Okay. I, I imagine. I mean, that's that,
0: the ideal situation for him. I imagine but. that
1: he has done somebody wrong on a fur trade <laughs> or swindled somebody over a mule, and things have gone bad. He may have an arrow stuck in a leg. <laughs> he's hauled out a, uh, a riverbank. He's putting the gunpowder in, in the wound, the ca- leg wound. To cauterize it? Yep. Absolutely, he's probably done that. And he's made up a salve of berries and uh, buffalo dung to try and heal the wound anyway they don't care about you but Brad and I do so Brad I want to thank you for allowing me to come to the spacious mansion and to record with us to so that the good people get an episode this week
0: oh man I, I'm happy to be here and I, I don't have you sound friends. like it <laughs> I don't have friends I need people to come in the house you're an adult I don't have adults. Come and hang out with me. So I, I appreciate you coming here. Actually, I was hoping Ty would come because I bought Zima. You know, And I, I know you don't drink, but right. I know Ty, I'm sure he wouldn't drink Zima, but Zima's been off the market for like 20 years. I, I haven't seen it since I, since I was 16 and I had my crazy uncle Doobie buy Zima for us. And um, I'd like to hear more about Crazy Uncle Doobie at some point. Dude. Uncle Doobie was in high school. He was the coolest dude. He was first off, oh, for,
1: was he actually an uncle?
0: Stepfather's brother.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. So stepfather's brother. So yeah, he was uh, He was an uncle. But I thought this dude had it all together in high school. He was the awesomest dude of all time. He'd always been in crazy hijinks. But as an adult, I realize she's a big piece of shit ever. Right. You know, like, and I think that's uh, that's uh, what everybody goes through. Pers-
1: perspective changes pretty much everybody we knew as a child. Yeah, I remember as a young child. Oh, one story. One story. Oh, like go ahead, say, please. But Uncle Doobie
0: and I. I remember as a um, uh, like seventeen years old, we were going down to look for tattoos or something like that down in downtown Dallas. As one will, as one will, he was smoking something. It could have been very well. Could have been crack or whatever. DMT. Is that? Is that the stuff in uh you were you talking about that the other week the uh ro- robotussin thing or whatever? No, that's that's
1: different. No, that's, okay. No, DMT is um made of a uh, a root bark and then the Indians in South America make ayahuasca out of it, but if you smoke it it gives now, you No, like ayahuasca is same... a cactus. No, ayahuasca is a is a mixture of things. Ayahuasca is not a cactus.
0: Are you sure that they didn't used to put this in some sort of medication? I I know I know that DMT
1: is not what's in Robitussin.
0: I swear there's something called Choracidin, I think was the name, and I'm not going to give the particulars of when I did it, but there was these kids, and we've gone three or four different places. So no, I don't care.
1: This is what people come here for. So you want to know what
0: uh, Coruscidin is that what it, it is? It was in like the 90s or something, and there was these drug kids, or I guess maybe early aughts, and, and there's these drug kids that were, uh, hey, try this or something. I thought this over-counter stuff, It's they're just – idiots. I took that stuff and I was watching like Leaving Las Vegas or something with Nicolas Cage. Right. It was the weirdest experiment, experience I've ever had in my life. So
1: corocidin is an over-the-counter that has chlorpheniramine and it's a kind of a cold and flu medication. that's supposed to be heart-friendly.
0: But I think that they had a different substance. Did you, will you do DMT Google
1: Coruscidin? The DMT is not in Coruscidin. There's something weird in there. The DMT is like Heavy-duty, psychedelic, hallucinogenic shit. You're about to listen to people Googling because... I... Well, I edited all this out, remember? And oh, yeah. Per our pre-air conversation. All right, Google. All right, DXM. All right, I don't know what that is. Dextromethorphan. Oh. Is that, that... That's what's in court. was... Okay,
0: well, that stuff, Somebody, some kid gave it to me. He's like, oh, take this out. It was the most messed up experience I've ever had. So you know, I don't ever do hardcore stuff but there was a brief time where somebody threw a hallucinogen my way i'd give it a shot and this is this cough medicine was the most effed up i've ever been so right.
1: yeah yeah i haven't done any of that so well good good for you i, I mean I must, and it, I, it's
0: mind expanding that's not true none of that stuff is it's just
1: the um yeah the roboing that came along i think after we were out of school yep. me and my former co-host but um
0: Oh, it, so back, so to, back is, to you and Uncle Doobie. So we're, we are, um, driving down. And again, high school, I never did any of this stuff, but you know, whatever, but we're driving down. He's doing something in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. He's messed up. He, he is messed up, but I'm, I'm 17. I'm thinking this dude's cool. We're, you know, bulletproof. There was a hitchhiker, you know, this older black guy, probably, I don't know, forties, fifties or whatever. Um, uh, my uncle sees him. He pulls over to this hitchhiker and the hitchhiker's like, He's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "Oh, I'm going about 15 miles up the road to so and so exit." And my uncle's like, uh, "All right, sure, we'll give you a ride." The guy gets in there. My uncle starts driving the steer- steering wheel like he's Superman, like so he's resting <laughs> his elbows on there and he's pretending to fly. Is he making a noise? I don't even. I don't remember if there's a noise. But after about half a mile, that guy says, "Oh, I need to get off here."
1: So he wanted no part right. of it. He was. That's, uh, that's fucked up when the hitchhiker yes. wants out. <laughs> he does not want anything to do with Uncle Doobie. Which is kind of... Did you ever read or see Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas?
0: It, it, now that... Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Um, Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire in the Kobe movie. The hitchhiker
1: yeah. in the movie. Yeah. He wanted out. Yeah. Well,
0: is Uncle Doobie still with us? Um, unfortunately, he is. And uh, things yeah, aren't going so well for Uncle Doobie? No, they're not. It's... Uh, I don't know. I I don't want to get into it, but yeah, he's he's not, uh, he's gotcha. not the best of dudes.
1: I remember that uh, there was a girl that was like an older kid, probably, I was probably at four or five, and she would have been junior high or freshman or something like that. And in like 1978, I thought, and she was always nice to me. She was one of the daughter of friends of parents or grandparents or whatever. And I thought, man, she's beautiful. Absolutely fucking, you know, gorgeous. And then now, I bet if I saw her, I would be like, holy shit, what the hell was I thinking? So, wait a minute. So, how old are you and how old was she? She was probably like 13 and I'm probably like five. And, you okay. And you're just stuck together at some interaction yeah. and sh- she just happens to be nice to you. And then you're like, oh, wow, you know, you are got this crush all of a sudden because a girl talked to you that isn't... uh That's a completely different situation. But no, it's how the perspective of how you see somebody when you're young and then... As you're an adult, you look back and you can say, "Well, what the fuck was I thinking?" Nah, dude. I bet if I you realize it's apples to oranges, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to form some type of emotional bond here with you, but you that really, one just doesn't work. You really have been isolated, too alone, without any adult conversation, I, dude. I'm telling you that I think is the only thing I've
0: got going for me because I'm so awkward dealing with other humans that it's uh it's it's the only thing about me people find interesting just because I'm such a uh, See, I think you you facilitate that some. But I, I, I do a little bit. You but
1: use the awkwardness
0: as a crutch. Because it's fun and because I I, I guess I know the rules uh, for, for human interaction. But I think a lot of them are dumb. And I, and so I kind of want to get to the point sometimes. And I do, I guess, troll people by saying things that uh, I know is not the proper way to say it. Right. Well, you take it to,
1: I, I mean, almost to a performance level of art. <laughs> Thank you I guess. I mean, you know, your your stand of the bad tooth bit, the night of the blowout 1 million get together, that was pretty much epic.
0: Well, here's the thing about that. I don't want that information to get out that I had an abscess tooth and then people like somehow it leaks out and then people are thinking I'm trying to hide the fact that
1: I have an abscess tooth. I don't think anybody has ever thought that about anybody that they were trying to hide an abscess tooth. I guess I just don't want people
0: to, you know, unless they're legal stuff or whatever. I want everybody, I want to lay everything on the table, you know. I want okay. everybody to know stuff so they maybe they can't use it against me. I don't know. Maybe that's we're getting into inner psyche stuff or something, but I want people to know the status of my tooth. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, it's important to me. I
1: watched you go up to girls that were attractive that were total strangers and tell them about your bad tooth.
0: Well, that is to impress them and try to get their attention because they're sitting here. They're used to dudes saying, "Oh, I make whatever so and so figures. I do this." How many people go up to them and say, "I have an abscess tooth." I only know of one. Well, that's what I'm saying. So you're going to get one or two reactions. You might get disgust, but if you get disgust, that's not the type of girl I want to be talking to anyway, you know. But if you get, "Wow, that's interesting." You know, and they respond positively back to the abscess tooth, then I don't know. It, it shows you're unique. It gets their interest and it sort of filters out the people that you don't want to talk to anyway.
1: So you're basically trying to find some lady that's looking for a fixer-upper opportunity. <laughs> no,
0: I know. I'm just saying that I, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to talk about abscess tooth anymore. <laughs> I, I move beyond that. Although my tooth is still, I still have half tooth back there. Yeah. And because uh, I won't go to the
1: dentist and get it fixed. But yeah, anyway, so I don't want this to turn into sad sack, Brad. No,
0: no, no. This isn't sad sack, Brad. I this I, is... I'm just
1: saying. I, I want to set boundaries right now. Okay. That I don't want it to turn into sad sack, Brad. Do you want to see my? Uh, I do not want to see your scorpion thing? bit taint. No. Okay. Ryan looked at it. Yeah, and he said that's. He'd always look at it.
0: <laughs> it was very awkward because I was sit. You know, we were sitting down. And I stood up and was literally unzipping my crotch right in front of its face. Because now that I'm thinking back, like I I wonder if I should have done that differently. Like if I should have turned around and then uh,
1: big reveal
0: for I don't know. I just I I don't want to see it. As a great Tyler Durden asked, you know, what's more appropriate, the ass or the crotch? uh, As uh, in in that situation, should I? It doesn't matter
1: anyway. Um, I the only person that's been genuinely Worried about it? I think it's Tammy. She's asked for an update on your I, on your bite.
0: She's awesome. She, I I need somebody like that in my life. I don't care if it's Tammy, you. I have zero people that are concerned about my scorpion bite. My mom's not concerned about it. Like I, I'm like, mom, I think a scorpion because I was staying the night at my mom's right. house. Uh, I think a scorpion uh, stung me in the leg, and she's like, oh well, let's. I need the whatever fixed or something, or I need the whatever. Right. And it's it's what what can you do for me lately when. I want somebody to do, do scorpion sting stuff for me. So thank you, Tammy. You're the only person that cares about me. I and mean, I appreciate it.
1: There were several of us that asked the first day, but only after like the second day, I think it was just Tammy.
0: Okay, well so there
1: you go. That's very nice for. Thank you, Tammy. So you got that going for yep. you. Yep. Now I did post that we were going to be meeting tonight. Awesome. And I asked for Twitter questions for you.
0: Oh boy. Okay. I'm glad there's structure here because, like you said, what do you what do you want to do? And I started putting together these lists of things, and then and and I was so afraid that it was just going to be casual conversation. I wasn't going to live up to that because I'm just so scattered brain. That's why I take extensive notes. But but thank you, this is good.
1: So <laughs> we got some good ones. Okay, good. Or at least they make me laugh. Okay. So first off, we have um, Cody, okay. longtime friend of the show, Apex Cody. Apex Cody, or as he's being known today, Goofcore. I don't know what that means, but. Cody That's operates cool. on his own plane of vibrational existence. Okay, about on the thirty third harmony. So whatever Cody's up to is unique for sure. And he asks, "What are the long term consequences of using breakfast soup?" <sighs> That's a callback to. Yeah, your... I
0: know. I know. What's no, the... I'm, I'm filling in okay. the
1: audience. I know you know. Uh, Brad on a previous episode told us about how he eats soup for breakfast sometimes.
0: Yep. I ate soup for breakfast this morning. I'll, I'll show you in there. I, I had some leftover ground beef. I put some beans and, and corn, and I made myself like a Fiesta right. tortilla-style soup this morning. So that was my breakfast soup today. I don't think there are any negative consequences. You, you're eating that stuff for lunch anyway. You know, it's not every day I have soup. Like, uh, again, you can go and check. There are hard-boiled eggs in there.
1: I, saw, I can confirm that there were hard-boiled eggs in the fridge.
0: So, I'll have regular breakfast sometimes. Um, man, I just think it's a good way to start the day. You rehydrate. You got, you know... Three times your daily dose of sodium right off the bat. That's true. That's a negative there. But you're getting vegetables. I don't intake vegetables very often except for in soup form. So, I'm getting that out of the way. I'm getting something that's filling because all the water. And there are no long-term consequences except for awesomeness.
1: All right. There you have it, uh, folks. All right. That's... Brad's recipe for breakfast soup. The next one is from Aaron Cortez. Okay, and he asks if Texas were to secede, how long before we go to war to get back the original border?
0: Oh boy, that's a great question. Okay, first of all, I should say, and I don't know if I've ever talked this about this before, but that idea that Texas can secede is based on nothing. Okay, so at the Texas, you know, uh, secedes from Mexico, or yeah, essentially secedes from Mexico. Uh, becomes the Republic of Texas, they're begging the whole time for the United States to accept them. Sure. They're not in a position to be setting the rules, okay? So the United States finally gets around after Texas essentially tricking the United States into accepting them, and the U.S. doing this unconstitutional unconstitutional BS to get that in. Do you know anything about this? Vaguely, but
1: not to the extent that
0: you do. So there's like, you have to get two-thirds because they recognize Texas as a foreign nation, uh, but... You recognize a foreign nation, but you can't get two thirds vote to form a treaty with this nation. So they essentially made some BS to get it in the right. majority, but they barely got it in. Texas then had to vote uh, to to come in. They end up vo- voting overwhelmingly. I, you know, I'm really close friends with uh, one of the guys who uh, who's written probably the most popular book on Texas history. You know, modern book not Farrenbox. But he went through and he says. He couldn't find anything. Even people discussing the possibility of seceding in the future. And then, uh, you know, you kind of answered, "Can you secede from the Union with the Civil War?" Seven hundred fifty thousand people dead. So that talks kind of messed up. But it's fun. But that right. ta- kind of talk is really fun. I
1: never heard any secession talk until the um, back in the nineties. Yep. During the whole militia movement and the Republic of Texas. Militia BS. Yeah. And that ties back to last week's episode where we talked about the Branch Davidians and kind of the general unrest towards the government that was during in the late 90s. So that's the first time I ever remember hearing anything about it It was the Republic of Texas militia. Yeah. Stink.
0: Well, uh, so he's asking we would, uh, originally was Republic of Texas. They kind of claimed a land all the way up to the Rio Grande, and I forgot the actual... uh, uh, number there, but all the way the little shoot up thing goes or up whatever, to Colorado. Colorado. Well, they never controlled that area. They tried to send a commission up there, take over Santa Fe, but by the time they got there, they're almost all dead or they were dying or right. something. So they never really controlled that. But, but I guess you're asking. I'm going all over the place no, with this. No, I you're heading
1: straight to it.
0: But um, I don't know. I don't. I, man, I would think people should recognize that should never have, part of Texas should never been part of Texas. Like first of all. Original claim, they, they were kind of on some, uh, you know, messed up thinking, and then you go to that area, West Texas, Far West Texas, Trans Pecos, Texas, favorite part of Texas. It's not like Texas, Texas. Right. Like Texas is really up to. I mean, the Panhandle is not really like Texas. It's again, I love that part of Texas, but. If we secede, we should just recognize that those are other states. Give that one to Oklahoma,
1: Panhandle, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. I can see us getting some hate mail from our West Texas denizens soon. I'm
0: telling you, it's my favorite part of Texas, but it's not like the rest of Texas. There's a very very different feel out there. Better feel,
1: I would say. Oh, my God, you're angry at me. I'm not angry at you. I just know that we're going to be getting a lot of, and by a lot, like three messages saying... (laughs) Well, if we,
0: if we go, why not just take the whole of um, the whole of, uh, of New Mexico while we're at it? You know, but why would we want it?
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Why would we want much Texas? Don't get me wrong. I love Santa Fe and Taos and that part of the world, but it's, economically, there's no benefit of having New Mexico that it, I know of. Trans-Pecos Texas, same thing. We already got it. I know. All right. I don't like this. Hypothetical. I don't want some, I don't want some New Mexicans fighting this.
0: Well, that's what he's asking. And, though you would have New Mexicans and Coloradians. New Mexican Colorado is
1: is is not that good. I don't like it.
0: Well, yours should be the one answering this question then, because you're saying I'm not. I'm not a learned
1: man of history. Well, this has nothing to do with history. But you are all about history. You are the Alamo expert. But he's asking right now. Should we take it?
0: That's a current events question, <laughs> or how how would we take it, or whatever and hypothetical
1: current events?
0: Yeah. So I answered your question. Gustav refused to
1: answer it. Aaron, you know where I stand. What do you think? I, I think we just leave it as it is. I don't. I don't care to have it.
0: Yeah, same here. You know, like if you know, or we negotiate, give some other stuff out. So you know, give Panhandle, give Transpascua Texas out to negotiate a peace settlement. You guys have this. Let's just keep the rest of the stuff.
1: I'm hurt by this loss of the Trans-Pecos area. Oh, no,
0: I love, that's my favorite part of Texas, I don't but it's just not it
1: up. the rest of Texas. Worst negotiator ever. All right, this is from the nicest man on earth. Oh, oh uh, Tom. Tom Ginsberg.
0: I tried to go out with Tom the other day. I saw that. Meaning that I texted him like 10 minutes before I wanted to go out. He As
1: you are want to do, yes.
0: But I... I, I Anyway, I texted him, wanted to go, I can't remember, Rainforest Cafe or something
1: with him, and and, uh, he wasn't able to go. Someday, Tom will do something with you. Okay. If Brad had to write a non-history book, what would he write about? Oh, man. Um, My boy, I was telling
0: Gustav about the language I'm inventing, about the government system I'm setting up. So, language invention, politics. This is a bad question because... Political theory. Political theory. There you go. Political theory. Um... I have a couple fiction books in mind. I got an idea for a sci-fi book I think I I told you guys about. I thought this was going to be what Mass Effect is about. But people going off to colonize a nearby solar system, they set off, they're moving at sublight speed, and they get in the sleep chambers to go 500 years. They get to this planet, they find it's already terraformed, they find these weird alien species there, and essentially it's humans that had arrived before them because they developed warp technology after them. And so they are showing up to a place with humans already at, but they're maybe evolved to the planet, and then chaos is and, ensues. And, and maybe they're warning about
1: other people coming right. from well, Earth. Maybe maybe you tweak it, and it's not a nearby solar system, but it's a much further solar You're right. system. I'm sorry, that, yeah. that way you have more time—five hundred years for this evolution.
0: Yep. So, uh, f- whatever galaxy, five hundred—or not galaxy—solar uh, system, 500, 500 light years away.
1: All right, there All
0: right. you go. So that you? History stuff? Does he ask what history books I would write now? No, he said non-history. I want to tell you. I
1: will open it up to any non-Texas history that you'd like to write about.
0: Okay, well, I um want to work with a a buddy we know. I don't know. if I I won't give any more details, but um to write a book on the Andrew Jackson attempted assassination. Uh, There's been uh, you know books on just about every other. Presidential assassination or attempted assassination. Bill O'Reilly was writing that series for a well, while. Well,
1: he puts his name on it.
0: Yeah, that's right. The guy actually writes, It's a, he's a decent, he's not a his like a his traditional historian, but he... He can write history. Yeah, he, he can make stuff interesting. But yeah. um, anyway, there's those ones. Uh, there's one um, not by that guy, um, uh, but one on the attempted assassination of uh, Teddy uh, McKinley. Nobody's, uh, a great one on McKinley. And a great one, and I was actually going to give Ty this book... Um, today, but on the Garfield assassination by one of my favorite uh, historians, a woman named Candace Millard. Uh, And I got you a book because I was going to give Ty the book. So I'm going to give you a book by her. It's not the same one, but but at the end of this, I'll give it to you. So I I purchased you something. That's very kind of you. So anyway, um, I do it on that. I would do it on um, my
1: dad. And this is something that my dad, Earl. I'm not gonna do the Tiger uh-huh. Woods thing, which is my one of my kids' favorite things to do right now. Is it's the Tiger Woods thing? Fake Tiger. Yes. I hate it. I hate it. But it's it's such an earworm. I love it. But I, I started letting the boys. We started listening to the ticket a lot this year, and because they're uh, ten and eleven. Yep. Twelve, and it's just been he latched on to a Fake Tiger. So I, it's something I hear all the time. OK, well, and I have no problem with it. I, I even don't mind the triple fake tiger calling in on watch or not watch today, but on uh, the emergency break of the week when they call in to vote and it pisses everybody off. I don't know. If, I like it if the guy realizes that he that I don't know if he's self-aware, if he's self-aware. I think sometimes he's self-aware. OK, because I've heard him kind of chuckle. When things kind of go bad type things. But I think he started out thinking it was funny. He might have.
0: Anyway. Anyway. Uh, but my dad, when he was eight, he was growing up in uh, Indiana. And um, uh, he and his buddies. So this was Indiana. This is like same year, really close to the year the Hoosiers is set. Okay. Uh, same year that Oscar Robertson, or close to the year Oscar Robertson's uh, school won, won state. So they won the year after Hoosiers. Right. There's actually a race riot uh, after that. Um Indiana, like a very nice for my dad's growing up, just like what you want is a perfect childhood. Um, but there are a lot of crazy stuff going on there. KKK, all that other stuff. But he's uh, he told me this story growing up about him being eight years old and he him and his buddies are out playing Cowboys and Indians. And have I told you this? I have not heard this. No. OK. And they drive up to this car in this place. that's about to be built into like a, a suburb. And so this is when suburbs are becoming a thing in the 50s. Right. Uh, pulls up to it, and he looks in this this car, this looks seemingly abandoned car. There's a guy in there with a bullet in his head, naked, completely naked. And so my dad, he's actually there with his three buddies, and the chubby kid, the friend, says, guys, don't tell your parents. I'm going to solve this mystery. So my dad goes home. i just seen this naked dead guy and he's sitting there like whatever i want to tell him and he gets phone rings and it's the chubby kid's parents apparently that guy wanted to be the first to tell his parents he knew the other kids would outrun him so he lied and so he was going right. to solve it and so my dad uh had to tell the parents and then the police recover the body and everything well it turns out and i don't have the full story actually about two years ago i went and collected a bunch of articles for my dad to look at I, he, he wasn't very interested in this well, i thought it was pretty exciting See, i
1: would i would think that that would like haunt you for the rest of your life. He's like, into
0: it now, but at the time he's like, "Why the hell did you collect this? I haven't, I haven't thought about this in forever." Right. But apparently, the guy that was in the car, and again, I don't know the full story. Initially, they thought so. He's a cartoonist. He would draw all these Cold War cartoons, you know, like uh, the Reds right, are better dead than red, and yeah. better dead than red, or something uh, for a local newspaper, Family Guy. And apparently, people thought it was just a, a organized crime, maybe or whatever. But then it started getting out that the guy was gay, all right? And so they thought it was these homosexual orgies, I think, is what they were way they were describing in the newspapers. Okay. But it turned out, I think, and we're going to, if we ever do something with this, uh, go get the court transcripts, that that guy, his lover, was the mayor of a neighboring town. And so if this is the 1950s, you got this velvet scare going on within the Red Scare. If you got any connection to homosexuality, they... Th- I mean, there's the the social stigma, but also people think you might be subversive because right. the Russians can turn you. So he threatened to t- t- reveal the homosexual relationship, and the mayor's son killed him, from what I understand. And and so if I wrote the book, you know, you'd have the setup for the murder, or you know, maybe a documentary podcast, you'd set this up. If it is, I, I probably shouldn't be telling the whole thing right now, but you set it up and then uh, reveal that he's gay at the end and then, you know, everything reveal a new secret until you get to the story. But they, that way you tie in Hoosiers, Cold War, homosexuality in the 1950s, and, and,
1: and just kids growing up in, in uh, Indiana. Every one of those things is part of, you know, it's something that I would be interested in.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I mean, and, and I Google this, nobody's written on it or anything before, no, that, so. I
1: mean, that seems like a fascinating story, and it might actually go somewhere, unlike S-Town. S-Town was the worst. I didn't think it was the worst. I enjoyed it, but like life, it doesn't necessarily tie up in an easy bow, yep. and I think a lot of people wanted that. I I, I was okay with it meandering, because after all, I host one of the most meandering podcasts ever, so it didn't offend me that it didn't tie up into a nice... Type bow.
0: It did with me. That you watch the keepers. No. Okay. That's another one. Fascinating first couple episodes, but then it it, it just they can't close it up, and, right? Uh, so it's not. I didn't like it that much, but you might.
1: I'm okay with stories or movies that don't have a definitive end. Okay. And one of the things that I've always thought, and I may have mentioned it with Ty before and and heavy, that I enjoy a movie where or a book where I still wonder about what happens to the characters after I'm done I with I love it that, to, too. I love know? that, too. Pulp Fiction being kind of the archetype for that, you always wonder what happens to Jules after he leaves with his wallet yeah. and his pistol. And You know that John is dead, but what does Samuel L. Jackson do as he walks out with the case? Bruce Willis, where's he... What, yeah. yeah, what happens to him? I like, but I like some closure. I, 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 I get it. Now, there was a... I, I'm not a JD Salinger fanboy. Okay, I know. A I'm lot not of, either. I don't. I don't. I know a lot of people are. Yeah. But he had a book called Twelve Stories. I think he's only has like maybe four books that were ever published, maybe five. And Twelve Stories were twelve short stories, and they all. It's been a long time since I've read it, but at least the way I remember it, twenty years ago, they all just pick up in the middle of the story, mm-hmm. and they all stop without a definitive ending. Hmm. So you're just kind of like, I I like that. I and I understand
0: you got to subvert tropes occasionally, but I also think the the tropes are there because that's just that's just a good way to do things. No, I, and I don't disagree. Yeah.
1: I I have never written on any large scale. Mm-hmm. I'll think around and write some kind of vignette, and I can paint the picture and create the world, but I don't have anywhere for these people to go to or anything for to happen with them. So I never have pursued it any. Yeah. And I, I have a, we have a couple of friends, the guys and I that are writers and, you know, good for them. I couldn't do it. And so I don't even bother. It's been a long time since I've done anything. Yeah. One of the guys that we talked about on the show, the general's friend, he and I used to swap short stories back and forth, you know, about 10 or 15 years ago. It's like, well, check this out. And, you know, and we would, We stuck with it kind of helping each other along, but eventually we just kind of petered out because we really didn't have anything to say. And I think that's the biggest hindrance to me to write any type of fiction is, oddly enough, even though I talk all the time and tell all kind of crazy stories, I don't have any crazy story in me to create.
0: That's why you go nonfiction. I'm the same way. I said as a kid I wanted to be a writer, and so... I started doing it, and I, I would say I came up with this. Remember, Marvel had this. You write a story, a uh, comic book story. I had this great story: Magneto, concentration camp, World War II. He has this mutant that's made a light that is, uh, um, uh, you know, that the Nazis are keeping, and and him and Magneto they're experimenting on, and they have essentially these mutants, and and the whole story was going to be the light mutant and. Magneto try to make an escape from the Nazi camp, but I guess the the light mutant gets caught. I can't remember exactly the story. And the light, he starts dying, and the light starts to fade out his eyes like Magneto... Losing his humanity there, and then Wolverine and Captain America come in. Time traveling? No, no, they were around back then. Duh. Wolverine
1: wasn't around during all right. He World was, War II. He, yeah, he was. The no, dude's
0: like three hundred years old. Wolverine he was born around. in early eighteen hundreds Canada. Okay, I don't remember
1: that. Maybe the canon's changed. He's <laughs> old. Healing factor.
0: No. Logan is set like in the far future or whatever. But all right. So I- anyway, they stop and they're like, "Oh my gosh, these guys are coming to save us." But they're like, nope, we're just stealing this Nazi technology. You guys have to – because that's what the U.S. government – They're the last thing – we're, we're going to get to the Holocaust people, but it's going to be after we get the technology and the, the Nazi stuff we want. We want the information on mutants. And there will also be a Nazi mutant team that Captain America and Wolverine are fighting.
1: What do you think about Nazi technology?
0: I've, I think it's amazing. I think I love the sort of history by there because, like, this is one of my things is, like – um the world's real... Well, I don't want to get into it. The world's really fortunate that Hitler is horrible at warfare because they invented a lot of like crazy stuff that would have been in a different place. It's it's, it's amazing stuff, but it's just that they built it instead of building practical things. So anyway, um, like, like V-2 rockets oh, and everything no, I, beating the United States with this
1: stuff. We would not have gotten to the moon or into suborbital space had we not had the German scientists. Yep.
0: In the Soviets, when they got Sputnik over there right. and everything, and they got, you
1: know, the Soviets had their German scientists they captured, and we had ours. One of the things that always cracks me up, and I'll have to, I have to—I can't think of his name right off the top of my hat. The Walt Disney Studios made several space-themed educational movies at the start of the space age, mm-hmm. and one of the main guys they had—I'm going to just pause and look it up because I can't. It's going to kill me if I don't know. Well, here I'll—I'll—I'll uh, I'll, I'll vet. We can just—you can just. Wait for a second. No, no, no. I don't want you to have to cut stuff out. It's easy. I use truncate silence. You don't talk, and the program cuts it out. Wow. You use Audacity. You don't no, use that? No, I don't use that. It takes like a minute for it to do the program to do it. That's it extra work, though. I'll show you how to do it. I'm entertaining people right now. You are entertaining people. You can talk if you want. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to edit it. All right. I mean, I'll edit. I'll, I'll leave you in there if you're talking, but the point is, is you go up there to effects and click truncate silence, and you set your threshold low enough that it doesn't clip off the trailing ends of words, and it just goes and cuts it all oh, down. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, I know what you're saying. I've, yeah, I've seen that. Captain America, Wolverine fight Nazi super mutants. Magneto, kid Magneto getting getting escaping with light mutant. That's exciting stuff. I don't disagree. Okay. I don't, have you
1: found what you're supposed to be
0: no, looking for? not yet, because you're, you're
1: distracting me. Okay. <laughs> but you can keep talking. You don't have to. Okay.
0: Well, I, I don't know. Are
1: we, are we recording? Because I want to go... Keep it's, it's recording. So whatever you say will be recorded.
0: Well, I want to move on to the next well, thing. On, but I'm waiting to...
1: for you to... All right. Well, I'll just... i will cut it out. That's fine. No, All finish right. up with your silly man. My silly man. <laughs> Dr. Werner Von Braun. That was like the king of of German space technology and rocket technology. He may have been the one that did the V2. And then we, we got him before the yeah. Soviets did. He was, he invented the V2. Yeah. Yeah. So here he is, 1944. He's raining down, you know, not directly, but he's responsible for the raining down of terror, killing American soldiers, Haunt Britain just yep. totally because the, the battle for Britain had effectively ended Mm-hmm but here come the V2s, and you can't stop them. So, and then 15, 20 years later, he's a smiling face in a Disney movie telling you about this rocket that he's. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. He's so on he's in the Disney movie. He's okay. in the Disney movies talking about how how they're going to do this and then redo this. And wow. it's just like the most nonchalant thing in the world. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, I guess you could make a parallel to tying into. Uh, Disney's uh, anti-Semitism that gets always brought up, but I always question... Uh, but I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know enough about that. I don't think, I don't think uh, Braun was a Nazi. Again, going back to German versus Germans Nazi. versus Nazi. That's yep. a line that we have uh, gotten rid of. Blurred. Which we probably... I don't know if we should or not. Well, I, it's 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 difficult. It's. I, I'm getting
0: to the point where... And this is bad, and I, I see people hate this, but I don't, I don't like killing anybody that could have existed in history like i really don't like so in world war ii games i feel weird killing anybody like i i I do like because i'm thinking i'm shooting this nazi or not nazi some german kid and i'm thinking this isn't a nazi this is some kid conscripted into the german military defending his what he thinks is his homeland he thinks he's americans he's been fed this propaganda where americans are going to come in rape his mom and sister and everything and i'm shooting in the video games I'm not shooting a Nazi. I'm shooting a, a just some kid, right? Or My-
1: or, a, or, a, or a tailor or a cobbler. You know, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. That's one of the things. And, and the kids and I, we've talked about that because they're at the age that we talk about history. And I, you know, like you know, there's a big difference between somebody that's in the SS yes. versus somebody that's just in the Wehrmacht. Yep. And you know, I, this is going to be interesting. Our Germany numbers are going up every okay every month. Go so, if we have some German listeners that would like to give us some perspective on World War II and ideology, we would gladly entertain that because we have a very US centric view of the world. And sometimes that's entertaining. But when it comes to things on this level, I do think that we're very myopic. Can I quote two thoughts on Absolutely. this before finishing my comic book thought? And then, okay. uh, all
0: right, uh, one thought I was. Uh, Seven sixteen, seventeen, this girl named Nora came over from Germany. She was an exchange student, staying actually with the person I told you that lives in your general area. Okay, gotcha. And um made out hot, very hot boobs, like maybe the second set of boobs I'd ever touched or whatever. But that night we were like calling her like a Nazi and like all this like what are you from Germany or something? She's crying, you know, like <laughs> holy shit. Like and I felt I just felt terrible, but um, uh, that's one thought with that, but anyway, she, <laughs> she ended up um, making out with another friend a couple years later, and like then he made out with another girl, and, and the last memory I have of her is her throwing like a bottle of beer at him, saying, Merry New Year, asshole, in some German accent, so
1: that's one story. Now, just for the record, you would never treat someone like that now.
0: Well, no, I didn't do anything. Oh, the, 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 the other The other pool. guy did. Okay, sorry, yeah. I, I misunderstood. So, I would have been happy to feel her boobs for a very right. long time, so... um that's one story. Other story, and I might have mentioned this on Below the Belt one time, and I know we're going on weird stuff. No, we're, okay. We're,
1: this is what we do.
0: All right. If I were to make a movie, there is an incident. Have you ever heard of the Battle for Castle Eater? Yes. Did I mention this on the podcast? I, don't I won't think retell you have. a story.
1: I don't think you have. But you, you can save it for yours, you can save it here. Wherever you I'll want. go
0: ahead and do do it here if that's okay. So there's a bunch of POWs kept in a castle, and I believe it's Austria. It been prote- uh, like the French world champion, a former French prime minister, and they're being kept as these political prisoners that are high ranking. Uh, well, right before the end of World War II, their guards realize we we're gonna get the fuck out of right. here. They leave the prisoners. The prisoners are sitting there waiting for the Americans to come in, but they hear a group of SS had realized that this castle's been abandoned and are just gonna kill them because they just they don't want to give up the cause and let right. these people go. Well, this French tennis champion runs from Castle Eater goes to the front lines of the americans actually i think he first encounters a group of germans who are saying well shit we don't want to see people get killed unnecessarily so he gets some german soldiers he also goes to like a a, a black tank unit in the united states he gets those guys in a single tank and it's got to be like three or four you know uh, of these black tank unit and then like some like eight or nine germans and then this just just random prisoners of war defending a castle from a hundred SS soldiers uh, overnight and like the tank gets blown up and, and that's always seemed like the awesomest movie to right. me but nobody's nobody's. uh
1: there was a, a movie called Castle Keep now it's not okay it's not don't you tell me story, my movie idea is gone but it might it might be tied to it it's been a long time since I've seen that ah well fuck and it had a guy with an p- eye patch was one of the American guys well everybody's got an eye patch in, in those it's, movies it's not a bad look I wish I had an eye patch. Well, you could just wear one, and if somebody calls you out on it, you can say, well, my eye got better. There you go. I, mean, I just haven't taken it off in a, in a long
0: yeah, time. Yeah, it's,
1: it's still a little irritated.
0: Yeah. All right, well, anyway, all this is to say that I tried to write this comic book, but I didn't have anybody looking over my shoulder, and it was fiction, so I didn't have anything. I didn't know. It was hard to keep going with the fiction, so the comic book, I wrote one page for it. And this is just comic book pages, so it's like half a page. And I spent a month trying to write this comic book. So I realized if I'm going to be a writer, I've got to be something that is essentially helping, is writing its stuff for me. And I got to have somebody look over my shoulders. And so that's why I uh, I went into history, because I realized that to get the uh, dissertation and the, the master's thesis and everything, I was going to have somebody, hey, get you got to write this right. today. You got to write this today. And, and so, um, yeah, anyway, that's how I got into so writing. Speaking
1: of your book. Yep. It's available on Amazon. Yep. Arredondo. Yep. The last... Spanish ruler, of Texas, Northeastern, North. New Spain. There you go. Yep. So it's a true story of Arredondo, who was the Viceroy of...
0: Uh, nope, Commandant General. Sorry. Commandant General, the big difference between theirs, one's officially a civilian position, one's officially a military position, doesn't matter. Gotcha.
1: Yep. And his reign of terror and hard-fistedness over the inhabitants of northern Mexico and Texas?
0: Yep, yep. So it's just basically, a uh, way I describe it is, so the United States declared independence from Britain. We had this American Revolution, not that bloody. Mexico was completely different for a million different reasons. I think bloody, it lasts a long time, it starts and it stops. But just like the British tried, tried to stop the United States from getting independence, the Spanish tried to stop uh, Mexicans from getting independence, but they used a lot of... Brutal methods. So this is a Spanish guy that's sent to Texas to crush not only revolutionaries, but the United States is looking over at Mexico and all this fighting. And, and this is by the time cotton is getting in everybody's brains in the South. They're looking at all this land that Spain hadn't used for a million different reasons. And they're saying, man, we could use that for cotton. And they're just drooling. So this guy has to keep Americans from invading, plus Mexicans from declaring from getting their independence Plus Comanche Indians, plus uh, some of Napoleon's exiles. Uh, uh, yeah, I was
1: about to say he's also kind of keeping the the vestiges of old Spain, which has already you know fallen apart under yep. the Napoleonic Wars. He's trying to kind of keep some semblance of what used to be.
0: Yep. And, but it's it's hard because Napoleon was taking over Spain. Who the fuck are we supposed to listen to? Napoleon's brother is t- giving us orders. Right. We hate the guy. Just invaded our country. You know. So, do we listen to that guy? Do we listen to the people in Mexico City? This guy says, I'm taking charge myself. I'm keeping order. And then he was he was trying to keep order while everybody else is saying, no, I'm in charge. And he he just had
1: to, to kill people to maintain order. And we think he had an eye patch, right?
0: Yes. So, he definitely had one eye. I have not. I've heard everybody claim he lost in battle, but I have not found any primary sources right. saying that. I suspect it's just uh, some sort of medical condition, but... But yeah, he, he had one one eye, or at least one working eye. There you go. Yeah.
1: So anyway. Oh, uh, so that's the whole writing thing. We went a million different places with that. So, so I'm glad that we tied into the Germans. Okay. Not only that, because like I said, several hundred German downloads this month. Awesome. I don't, I don't know why. We You said it was, we got the one guy. We got the one guy. He's a foreign exchange student. Okay. Or some such. But. That doesn't account for a couple of hundred other downloads. You're paying somebody in I'm Germany not for anybody. it i anybody. Right now, this morning, we barely tipped over where there were more domestic U.S. downloads than there were Japan and German downloads for this month. Holy shit. I, I can't explain it. I, I don't know what's going on. Wow. We also had a download from Iran, hmm. and I don't know if that's tied to Nima talking to some Kinfolk along the Persian pathway getting back to say, hey, check these guys out from the totalitarian, totalitarian state of Iran. I don't know. But it's it's fascinating to see where these downloads come from. Huh. Yeah. We've, we, you know, we consistently had from the UK and Canada, which kind of makes some sense, at least the same language, but I don't know what's happening with Japan and Germany. American...
0: Military guys. I that's bet, that's the theory. I bet a lot of those guys in Germany and Japan, at least, have some time on their hands, and I bet there's some positions where they're able to listen to their headphones while they're training or something. Yeah, and I, that's so. the
1: only thing that that kind of makes sense, but that doesn't explain some of the other odd places. Yeah, that we get it from. Hmm. So it's it's one of those things. Our friend,
0: VPNs. Think about that. Like, so some people using masking stuff. Now that's
1: possible, but most of our traffic comes via phones, and most people aren't running VPNs on the okay, phones. Okay, good thing. All right. Uh, so, you know, I can look at what the referrers are and then look at what uh, what mechanism they are, and it's typically, you know, most of our traffic's off the phone. But there is some web traffic, and that could be. I, okay. I, I'm pretty sure that the Iran download came via the internet. Okay. So that's a possibility, but I don't know anybody running a, an Iranian VPN.
0: I need that, man. I don't have anything to hide, unfortunately, under my internet history, but I, I don't like the idea of the,
1: the man watching me. Right. Well, you'd have to almost use, like, two VPNs. Really? To... I, think, I think... for I don't know. I It doesn't matter. I mean, the the NSA knows that I looked up... Let's look at what my last search history was before this, this Vaughn thing was. Let's see. I hate the NSA
0: knows all, all our shit. Like, I... Probably the person with the least to hide, but just the this the idea of uh, people all of my shit. Just uh...
1: yeah, I don't like the idea of it.
0: And I think you and I a lot of our politics sort of align on limitations
1: of being of... left alone. That's my biggest thing.
0: And I want to get to that after we get done with the Twitter questions because I, I want to talk uh, off the grid talk. And I know you guys talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago, but
1: all right. Well, my history's not that exciting right now. It just has a lot of KJ like searches where there's an actress's name followed by nude. <laughs> so, friend of all of us, Trey, asks... Oh, awesome! He's such a nice
0: guy, dude. He is
1: super nice.
0: Like, he, he's more famous than us oh, way 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 yeah. more famous but the fact he takes his time to ask questions and stuff nah, like that is really good cool dude.
1: and he and austin on their super game cast podcast that's entertaining and i know this Both week, those guys are great they they branched out into some movie talk yeah trey's very knowledgeable about movies
0: yep i think that they i don't know i wonder if they can get all those guys together i i, I don't know like they don't apparently I, I don't know how the structure works but they don't get on every week, and I think we can find a way to get them on every week to come up with, just well, branch out from video games
1: maybe well, see, a little see, I bit. think they already do their thing every week. They do. They do. But what, you, what your little network's politics are and how things happen. I don't happen, know. I not have any idea. I'm I gonna, don't know how yeah. that works. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll probably just shut up So about you, that. you work on that internally next week when you go on with TC and Jake. Okay. Brad, were the Germans the villains of World War One? movies and games always depict them as the enemy when I thought World War I had no good or bad guys.
0: That's how I teach it. Now, the Germans were certainly warlike, and yes. they were being aggressive. But the fact is that the British and the French... Essentially, here's the way it was. So this is the way I, I kind of teach it. I'm, I'm doing a little paraphrasing here. But the British, French, will leave the Americans out. There's a different story in the Western Hemisphere, but... British and French got the world, like they colonized Africa, Australia, a good chunk of Asia, you know Germany had a handful of colonies, some other places had a handful of colonies, but Britain and France had everything, and essentially they they're getting all the resources, labor from this stuff, and then they kind of take up the position like after they have this stuff, violence is we're not you know right. violence is bad, you know well, you don't want war because you don't you are in a position to lose things, you know like you're not going to gain anything new from war. And so Germany's sitting here, it comes late to the game as a, uh, as a as a nation. They got a good industry, resources, all that other stuff. And they look at the situation, they realize the only way we can grow to the point where Britain and France are, the only way we can get the life they have is through military means. So they're very militaristic. Now, I think they could have taken the economic route, and that'd be the other argument. The United States is doing things different. We're sneakily getting influence. Germany thought, and this is their problem in World War II, I'd say as well, is that the only way to get this from Britain and France is through through taking it through force. In the United States, it's, it's a little bit different. We can, we'll can we do sneaky diplomatic stuff. We'll assassinate leaders. We'll, we'll uh, influence campaigns to get our guy in there. Although they're not taking that from the British and French, so it doesn't really fit. But Germany looked at the game. It's rigged against them. They wanted to unrig it. And so they used military means. I don't think that's good, but I also don't think that's... I don't, I don't think Britain and France are good. They're they're acting high and mighty when they're not in a position to act high and yeah. mighty. To me,
1: I don't see anybody in the World War One conflict as bad. No, I don't. There's definitely transgressions that Austria Hungary maybe, but even the, then, Cross the pale. You know, yeah. like the sinking of civilian ships oh, yeah. and that sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. But overall, I it, I don't think it's it's. It was a domino effect that was going to happen. If it hadn't happened on continental Europe, I would have thought if that if World War One hadn't happened, we would have eventually had a war in Western Africa, I think, over resources. Because that's where Germany has a colony. We have Portuguese colonies. We have Spanish East Africa. Col- oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying Western. Where does Germany have in West Africa? Uh, they had, that it's changed now. I be, the, I'm not saying wrong. I no, just you know the big trying, ones. I can't East think Africa. of what it is, but yeah, there's East Africa, but there's also one on the west coast. We have the Belgians with the Belgian Congo.
0: They're besties with with Liberia, which is a neat story. Yes, I, the I Liberian story right. is crazy. Yep. Yeah,
1: and I, I just think that the resources that were available, and with the limitation of where new land was ever going to be, I think Africa would have been the apex if if the war hadn't happened on the continent. Yeah. Because all the empires, it was at a stalemate. The only way you were going to get something there, new territory, was going to be to subvert somebody else's territory and erode their foothold in in Africa. But
0: then you don't have the navy to get over there. No, no. So I think if Germany was smart, they'd kind of do maybe what the Soviet Union did and and uh, do independence movements right. and stuff like that. But I think I think actually, you know, taking part of France and then just getting a good chunk of Europe. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's you know a small chunk of Europe equals a big chunk of other areas of the world. Sure. you know just because of resources and stuff like that. But
1: well, like if they if they were there, I think the big thing, especially the difference between what a country needed in 1917 versus what a country needed in 1939, it's oil. Yeah, I mean the the demand of oil. So there's really nothing on Western Europe for that yeah that's why they started operation barbarossa wasn't to take over the soviet union it was to get the oil fields under control so that they would have an easy source of oil
0: but it also was that and this is whenever you hear somebody say this is they're almost always the bad guys we said it in the american west or whatever but they're not using the land right they saw these slavs which i used to think i was slavic so i i uh you know I, i did a dna crap but anyway um
1: How'd that turn out for you?
0: Just a bunch of shit. You know, it did a bunch of no, nothing very interesting You're in there. You're
1: not three quarters Cherokee like you were always told?
0: No, I, I'm telling you, I'd never claimed to be any. My great, 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 great uncle was Choctaw, but then that went to a different branch. Like he joined the Choctaw tribe, and you go look, there's Folsom. What, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But uh, it was also to give these Germans this living space because we'll use the land better than right. the Russians. So. And,
1: you know, there was a, a history of German settlers heading east and taking you know, into Poland and just all as all these times as these borders were dynamic because the Europe that we think of today hasn't been the Europe of the last 400 years oh, yeah. and you know Germany wasn't even a country as a unified nation 1871 so I, I I I think that's a great question from Trey I know that when we got I think the, yeah he t- we talked about that well he you, did, about you it the went here battlefield yeah. he's just throwing us a bone because yeah, he's a good okay. dude but I know that when we got Battlefield and the boys and I have been playing that, we've talked about, you know, and I think that game does a pretty good job of kind of balancing it out that you play all the different sides and there's really not a good versus bad yeah. in it. So that's a great question from Trey.
0: W- one final thought on that. I, s- I swear I'm, I'll move on. Uh, some some people ask, well, what if the United States had stayed out of World War I? Would you have had Germany and Britain frightened to a standstill for another two or three years? Both of them saying, all right, let's give up. Germany gets a little bit more land, but they realize, I don't want to be in a war like this anymore. Or maybe Germany, the thought was maybe they're falling to communism. What would have happened then? Uh, but, but a lot of people say that if they fought it out for a little bit longer, maybe we wouldn't have World War II.
1: Possibly. You know, I think that the Soviet Union falling to communism was, or Russia falling to communism, becoming the Soviet Union. I think that was lightning in a bottle. Hmm. Or something on that big of a scale.
0: I, th- I bet you know more about this than me, so I'm not going to. Maybe a
1: little bit. I, I don't I don't think that I know much about history, more about anything than you, no, to you be do. No, you European history.
0: I bet a lot of but, stuff you do. You know,
1: you had the Tsar, which only. And America is kind of oblivious to the fact that we had slavery up until the Civil War, but about the same time, the Russians still had serfs. Oh, yeah. And you actually owned, the, they said, I own this many souls. Now, it wasn't slavery in the sense where these were a Selling different your children. ethnic group or anything. These were just poor people that you had full control over and you owned them and they weren't free to leave. So it was true serfdom, but it was basically slavery, de facto slavery, just without the ethnic component. So the Tsar, uh, Nicholas's father, he, Abolished serfdom, even though most of the people stayed on the land that they were on. You had um, a backwards industrial nation; they were the least industrialized of any of the of the um, European powers. And you had poverty and a whole bunch of illiteracy. And here you come have some guys saying we're all going to raise everybody up on an equal level. And you put all that together, plus the war. the war going to shit for the Russians. And it's just a perfect storm. Yeah. Whereas I, it, it never took hold War, uh, pre World War pre till post World War two in any place else in Europe well, with us po- with a strong foothold. You had the Spanish Civil War with the communists, but they were defeated because of the Germans' intervention there.
0: Well, one of the reasons that Germany started unrestricted submarine warfare, as far as I understand, again, I think you know more about some of this is is that there was a lot of communist element in Germany and their people were tired. They're losing their kids. They're working extra hours for the war effort. And they feared that if the war continued, the communist element would grow and, and, uh, and they would have to surrender just like the Russians did get get out of the war. Um, And that's part of the reason, at least I understand Hitler didn't like the communists because he felt they were.
1: Yeah, no, that was always a a thing where um, the communists were oppressed in Nazi Germany they were definitely oppressed throughout the rise of Engels and Marx you know that was they were beaten and run out of different countries so there's no doubt about it but i just think that that russian the russian faction because russia actually when the tsar abdicated they had a democratically elected government that the communists had a party within but they were not in control so there was a time between the abdication of tsar nicholas and the Bolshevik Revolution, where there was a uh, provincial government. See, I, th- that stuff I. That was okay. basically, now, how democratic it was is up for debate, but there was a transitional government there, or an interim government between those two. Hmm. And then the Bolsheviks rose to power because they were part of it, but they usurped it and then became it. Just like, you know, you had the same thing with post World War II China again illiterate population, uh, backward. And so communism great if your life's already shit. Yeah. Now, if you've got a decent bourgeois lifestyle, only the most radical people are going to be going for that. But when everybody's life is shit, that's the the fervent ground. Same thing happened in Central America after we had monkeyed around with a bunch of juntas and, and keeping strong men in power when everybody's living in a hut. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. it's
0: better than, than it, this is, if you have nothing, you know, and the state will provide something, you know, under communism. Right. It's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Yeah,
1: And that's why it took hold in post-colonial Africa with the indigenous per, uh, populations when you had white minority rule places like, Zimbabwe and Rhodesia and South Africa. And, yeah, South Africa was the last domino to fall, but and it didn't fall to communism per se, but the ANC, which Mandela was part of, that was a communist organization. Hmm. And that was, throughout the Bush wars that s- South Africa fought over the last 30 years of its existence, it was always against communism. That was the specter. Book I got you's on the Boer War, by
0: the way. Sweet. Okay, anyway. That's awesome. All right, let's go let's go next Twitter question. Right, I think half Twitter people have Next Twitter
1: question is out. a longtime friend of the show, Toledo. Awesome. He hadn't bought my book, and I'm angry about it with him about that. Well, I think this addresses it. Okay. Let's see. Brad told me my ancestors might have been associated with Arredondo. Did he tell me that so I'd buy his book? If it's true, is there a chance I might have the same bloodlust that Arredondo did? Is he interested in doing a Where Are They Now follow up book featuring me?
0: No, I'm not interested in that. I'm not, I'll just say that. But I, I suspect, and so there's a, a Mormon church, Latter day Saints or whatever, they have a website called Family Search. They send, you know, they get the kids, the missionaries from 18, right. 19, they send them all around the world, they get them to look at archives. Go on there. It's free. You know, um, they don't try to sell you on anything. I think they have a belief that they're trying to tie everything back to Jesus. Well,
1: and my understanding is that they, so they do baptism of the dead. Oh, wow. It's one of their doctrinal things. So they go through and do all this. Uh, genealogy, and then they have proxy baptisms for dead people to save the dead people to save the people uh, that are dead. Okay, well that's hey, good for them. Yeah, that's one of their things. I think that's the genesis of their uh, efforts in genealogy.
0: Okay, well, so they they have these records. I, I went a couple generations back from what he said, but there are like these three or four, maybe five. I mean, there maybe there's a couple families in northern Mexico. They're involved in everything. And I th- the town he's from, uh, his grandparents that came to Texas are right. from, or great-grandparents, whatever, was named after Arredondo's son-in-law. So Arredondo left this illegitimate daughter behind. She uh, she married this doctor. Really cool story. This guy, this doctor is apparently a hero in northern Mexican history. Like, he uh, uh, hospital in Monterey is named after him. A lot of towns are named after him. He wrote a lot of this stuff about Arredondo based from talking with his daughter. But uh, she ended up leaving him. Like a lot of stories, like she wanted a general like her dad. She did leave him for a general, like which is which is weird. And so, right, Mexico you don't get a lot of divorces, but this is one of those divorces. But uh, so he his grandparents from that town. I believe there's a, a a Garza in there or something. And I think I got to where his great 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 grandparents were uh, in the same area as this guy De La Garza who worked for Arredondo. And then if I remember correctly. Um, he was he finally realized towards the end of the independence that this they're getting independence. He would to the other side and he stayed in power up there in northern Mexico for a while. Iturbide, the emperor of independent Mexico, so the guy that took over the whole Mexico, the first Mexican. Mexico's George Washington, essentially. Right. De La Garza killed him or ordered him killed. So I think that Toledo might be related to the guy that killed Mexico's George Washington. Like, I think it's. If I can make that the uh, connection or two, I think it'd be pretty, pretty uh, uh, straight path. But uh, again, I don't want to do it because he won't buy the book.
1: If this was this episode wasn't going to be named after something about you, its title would have been Mexico's George Washington. <laughs> okay, well, but right. it's, except for Toledo. So Toledo has a follow up couple of questions as well. Okay, how about the spider bite? Can Br- Brad shoot spider webs? That'd be awesome. And, of course, how is his dick? I don't
0: know. Is it boring? I don't know. Sad. It's, yeah, it's just sad. sad. You'll keep hearing many things about Castle Keep. You'll hear about the one-eyed falcon.
1: Major. I, do. I don't think you know what this castle means. It stands on the most important crossroads in the Ardennes. is isn't possible. It stands on the road to Bastogne. <laughs> I mean, Texas has more resources, produces more wealth in California, where the second uh, most populous state, second largest state after Alaska. Uh, there have been a lot of international studies done that Texas would be much better off. The feds take $1 of tax money from Texas. They send us back 33 cents of it with strings attached and tell us that they hung the moon and make the grass grow.
0: I've read well, that look, that number is actually closer to 96 cents, but I guess well, it depends on where you're well, looking for okay. that. Okay,
1: look, Look, this is what's happening. Uh, Our federal government doesn't exist anymore. $27 billion of tax money from the U.S. was sent offshore. I'm not even for Texas secession at this point. I want my federal government back and my republic back. I want the private Federal Reserve that's hijacked my nation, like Hitler invading Poland, out of my country. All right, on that note, Alex, we are totally out of time. But thanks, as always, for speaking to us and giving your opinion. Alex Jones, host of The Alex Jones Show. And world-class championship wrestling. I'm Bill Mercer with Jason. Sally, good night from Dallas, Texas.